Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast for dental professionals featuring the insights and expertise of fellow dental professionals. Let's welcome our host, Stephen Cusa. Okay, we got David Eric Burke. How you doing? What's up, Eric? How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Good. So uh, welcome to episode four of the Bridge Dental Podcast. Uh, for all of those who are listening, we got another awesome U of D graduate um, on, on the podcast today. Another unique path that he's taken. So he, he is from Traverse City, Michigan. For those of you who don't know, I'm sorry to increase the tourist value there, Eric, but you guys need to visit <laughs> Traverse City, Michigan. That's Eric great. lives there. We run an Airbnb as well. Look us up. It's great. Yeah, there, there you go. He's a perma vacationer as well, as we say. That's right. Um, so he's an athlete uh, through high school, went to dental school, uh, rocked and rolled there. And he's going to talk about a little bit about his route um, when he went to the University of California and kind of where he is at now. He owns his own practice. He's built his own practice. So for those of you listening today, what I want you to hear is how... Um, Dr. Burke went from dental student to building his own practice uh, versus more of a traditional route. We see associates uh, graduate dental school, become an associate, and eventually take over a practice. So Eric's going to share his journey of why he chose to go down the path of building a practice and, and what uh, adversity he's faced and, and challenges he's faced. Because I think how far into that are, are you? What, a year or two? Uh, 17 months with That's a pandemic. That's right. Yeah, so so, that's like didn't plan for like, that one. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic added ten years on your practice ownership skills. That's right. <laughs> so, um, all right, Doctor Burke, Eric. So, give give the people listening just a quick scope of of your uh, quick bio. I know I gave a little bit there of your path now to where you're at today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my path is uh, yeah from Traverse City, Michigan, kind of a touristy spot in northern Michigan. Um, I went to school in upstate New York, and I was kind of more focused on playing my guitar, singing and playing football and working out rather than actually my grades at the time. So it's like mid junior year of undergrad. I'm like, holy crap, I got a two, four. This is not going to cut it for dental school. And so then I, I just wasn't applying myself. And so then I just finally applied myself, started getting good grades, but I was kind of behind the eight ball GPA, did good into DAT. Um, but it took me three years, three tries to get into dental school. And it was something I really, really wanted. And it's kind of Kept hammering it. <clears throat> I took a lot of postgrad classes. I moved to Boston, worked at uh, Mass General there, had a good job, took some postgrad classes at the uh, Harvard Extension School. Uh, that was really cool. Just got all A's and showed that, hey, I can do this when I apply myself. And so I got into dental school a little bit. You know, you know, I wasn't the older side, I guess. I wasn't the oldest person in my class, but uh, I was probably in the top 30%. I was about 25 when I started. Okay. Um, which was nice for me. Cause like when I got there, I was used to playing football in school and having no time. So to me, dental school was like, Holy crap, I have all this time just to study. Like this is kind of ridiculous. Right. <laughs> and then most people were kind of like, I don't know, took it for granted or maybe cause I did not take it for granted being there. I appreciated every second. Cause I, I, I had to like fight tooth and nail. I like to get in, uh, to Detroit mercy. Um, I had a great time there, graduated at 29. Um, and then I did a, uh, a GPR residency at UCSF in San Francisco, um, which at first I was like, ah, crap, I'm not doing these cosmetic cases, these crowns, these veneers, 
Um, but the value of that really came around a year or two afterwards where it's like the oral surgery experience. Well, Detroit was great at oral surgery experience in general. Um, okay. but that UCSF though, and that's actually clinical in, in general, Detroit was great at the time, uh, for me, uh, because, you know, we had so many patients and so many patient base to go from, and the, the work was so cheap that a lot of people was able to do it or were able to do it. Um, but since then, Detroit's increased their class size. So it's a little different now than it was when I was there not too long ago. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, <clears throat> all the kind of experience I got that GPR is like, holy crap, working with TMD, sleep medicine, oral surgery, um, debilitated patients, um, mentally disabled patients, like just expanded my skill set where, I mean, once you do 20 crown preps, you got your crown preps now. So, okay. and all the veneers and the cosmetic stuff, you can get that later. So to have that bread and butter stuff and expanded that GPR was huge. Um, did that for a year. And then I worked for a small kind of corporate DSO uh, practice in Northern California between two offices uh, doing like a four day work week, which yeah. had, we should talk more about that too, a little bit, but uh, that was amazing for me. I did that for about a year and a half or so. <clears throat> um, learned a lot of great things, good and bad of what to do. And I really gained my skill set even more because they paid for a lot of CE and I just ate that up. Um, and then a lot of things, how not to do, how not to treat people, how not to bill, how not to push and all those kind of things. Right. Um, and then from there, uh, it's funny because then I had the plan to, I always had a plan to come back home to Jefferson, Michigan. That's my, I'm going to end up there. I just need to gain the prerequisite experience, you know, and I wanted to want experience the West coast. I wanted to live in San Francisco. I wanted to live out there just for life experience in general. Um, for a few years before I ventured back home to do the family life thing. Um, so I talked to a practice. I was in talks for a practice in Traverse City on the water, looking at the West Bay, beautiful, <laughs> over the volleyball courts. I've been playing beach volleyball like my whole yeah, life. Go on. Google it. For those of you who don't know, it is it is a true special look. So, yeah, Google it's, it, it's, uh, that, that West Bay experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you go to Hotel Indigo, the roof bar, the rooftop bar right there, look over everything, you'll see the whole thing. But the, the practice is right there, kind of. Um, now people know exactly probably what I'm talking about, but uh, it was a, the doctor there was amazing. Great, super nice guy. We are in, we were in talks for a year to me to come in associate by he'd associate for me for two or three years. Then he'd be out and then it's all mine within three years type thing. And that's kind of like what's a general kind of normal thing that happens. Um, but I was fired in three days, <laughs> <laughs> work for three days. And like, I got canned. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, all right. We'll, so we'll, that, we'll, we'll, un we'll unpack that experience a little circle bit later. Back to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so then I go back home to my uh, girlfriend at the time, now my wife. Um, and like, I just moved her across the country. <laughs> like, honey, uh, by the way, <laughs> we're living at my mom's house. We moved back. We stay at my mom's house for until we find a home to, home to buy. Right. Um, and so we ended up being there for four months till we bought our home here. Um, but in the first three, in the first week home, I'm like, Oh yeah. Remember that dream practice I, I uprooted our lives for? Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so that was, that sucked, but she's a badass. Sorry. Swearing. I no, love, cool. I speak French all the time. I took French in high school. Uh, and so she's just like, she was great. She's just like, well, get a list of every dental practice in the 40 mile race. And you're going to call every single one of them. I was like, wow. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she was, she wasn't like blow up the world. It was like ride or die. It was like, well, no, cool move forward. This is what we're doing now. Do these steps. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, to take that kick in the butt for a second and then just move forward, move on. Um, but that was actually great though. And it didn't work out for a number of reasons, but it was, it, you know, I, I, I thought that practice was my heart, not my head. I didn't examine 
numbers, the staff, the size of the staff, the scope of the practice, how they want to practice dentistry, how I want to practice dentistry, terrible fit, which we thought talking on the phone and over that was good. But once I was in there, you know, it just didn't work out in, in terms of that. I have no ill will to that doctor too. He's a great guy, super nice guy. Uh, me and him are still very cordial. We see each other. It's a small community here. Right. Uh, we're very cool. It's just uh, the staff knew that I was going to make a lot of changes probably. And they ran me out of there quick. Oh, wow. <laughs> the staff did. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's it very large staff. And also like they're, they're used to kind of premier fees and all these stuff where dentistry back in the seventies, eighties, nineties is much different than it is now. Cause I'm a PPO guy. Right. So if you graduate after 2015, you have to take Delta PPO. And if you don't take Delta, you know, you're probably kind of screwed if you don't have a good fee for service base. Um, so like there's understanding, okay, you know, when you do a core buildup, you have to charge for it. Or if you do a thing, you have to bill for it, right? Or they're just non-charging, non-billing things, which is totally fine. And I'm told I do that a lot in my practice now. Um, but when you're an insurance patient and you have those low, low kickbacks and the insurance companies are screwing us over to where almost we won't even be in business if we didn't charge for what we do. It's not like we're charging for things that we didn't do. It's just they, oh, we don't we know charge that all the time. Like, yeah, but I did the exam, we did this filling, or we did this, like we have to bill for it one because I'm half a million dollars in debt, right? right? Like, and I'm paid off production, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a, just a different mindset, um, which we just had to, it wasn't a good meld at that point. So, um, but again, no ill will though. So you, you are at this point now you're, you're, uh, unemployed and, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and half a million dollars in debt, but, but let's, let's go back for a moment. This is, this is interesting. So you take, advantage of these life experiences you're living in new york you're living in san fran yeah, say new york boston yep. then to san francisco then detroit. detroit then san francisco yeah right and and the humble beginnings of good old michigan you know for those of you who right. don't know it's, 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 <laughs> there's nothing like it and so what is your and i came process? back to Traverse city though because Traverse City is that great i came back you know what i'm saying That's i right. love it here that much you know too right you experienced the big city and and traverse city takes takes the cake um i i can agree with that and i'm a, I'm a big town kind of guy you know <laughs> <laughs> fair enough so tell me you applied to dental school well man you, you have a lot more courage than me you're in your junior year in upstate new york and you realize the gpa is just not where it's at Oh. <laughs> and you're, but you still put your head down and, and go for dental school. Um, so talk, talk us through that, you know, for, for people who think that, man, I, I don't know if I can get in, I'm, I'm going to stop pursuing dentistry. Um, you turned it on, you took a couple extra years to continue to work on, on your grades mm -hmm. and get into U of D. Um, so talk a little bit about that. What, what pushed you to keep doing that? I decided like probably junior year of high school that I was going to be a dentist. My best friend's dad was a dentist and he okay. had a divorce and he, his mom still had a great house. He had a great house. He had two houses. I'm like, what the hell do you do, man? Like, right. Jesus, that you can afford this. He's a dentist. Right. And he's able to take weekends off. He's not on call. He, like, you know, he has control of his life. And so that really kind of spoke to me. And I knew I wanted to do something medical because I like the medical side of things, but I didn't want to be on call. Didn't want to cut people open and do these big, be like a medical doctor. So then I found, you know, dentistry kind of that route. Um, and also my mom, my family growing up, we didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, and so I, like my last years of high school, we didn't have heat or hot water because we couldn't afford the bills. They got shut off on us. We had to like boil buckets of water to shower. We moved space heaters around the house. Wow. And I used to go to friends' houses to shower. Um, I played three sports, but I still had went, got gym class in the morning, just like a shower in the morning in school. And so I was like, okay, if I work hard enough, um, I can get a good job that will pay me that I will never have to worry about hot water and heat, you know, ever again. 
Um, and so, and I'm not a great, and at that time I was like, I can't sell. I'm not a good salesman or this and that. I don't want to have to worry about getting percentage of this and that. I want to, if I get a good job, I'm going to make good money. I don't have to worry about this and my family ever. And so that's kind of drove me to dentistry. And then, so then I started, you know, uh, shadowing this and that. As the more I shadow, I realized I loved it. Cool. I could do this. You can work with your hands. You're seeing new people all the time. Um, all that, and you can help people. It's really cool. And so then I was always wanting to do that, but I just didn't, I didn't apply myself. I didn't take the right steps. I was too young and dumb and focused on other things in early college to figure out, Oh, okay, I got to check this box, this GPA box to make sure I get in, you know? Um, and so, and that was just me. If I decided something, I put my head down, I, I freaking do it. Um, and I don't, I don't really get discouraged easily. You know, if things happen, it's just another obstacle. You just put your head down, keep moving forward, moving forward. Okay. Chalk it up as an L. That's a that's a that's a lesson, not a loss, right there. And just kind of keep pushing forward. Um, and this first step is just kind of I'm always about realizing, manifesting a goal or manifest. Think about what do you want, and then just then like we can write it down and just draw backwards. Okay, take a step. What's the step before that? What's the step before that? All the way to today. Like, what can I do? What are the three things or one thing I can start today to get me towards this goal? Pretty much, and that's kind of. I learned it from my stepdad. I learned it from a lot of good mentors, a lot of smart people. Um, I kind of did that my junior year. I was like, okay, first step, apply myself, actually do the work. Like, right. don't just, just wait to the last minute study. No crap. I don't know it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do it as well. It's so, and it's so, so funny how much that first domino is apply yourself. <laughs> and then that yeah. seems to work out really well. C- commit, you know, don't look right. for shortcuts. Don't look for the, just freaking commit. And then you actually, you're happier. You're more proud of yourself. You, your self-confidence goes up. Um, everything. You just feel better about life. Your relationships around you are better. Uh, you're just a better person. You're nicer. You're more pleasant. All these things when you actually feel like you're self-actualizing your potential. And so really all I did is applied myself. And I even had, I even led the league in, you know, receiving touchdowns, receiving yards my last senior year while having a 3.8 GPA in molecular biology. I applied myself. I was present. I wasn't elsewhere. I was where I was. I was doing what I was doing. And I was attacking every moment as if I chose it, even if it was a, sh- a crappy situation about to say the S word. <laughs> nope, there we go. Uh, but attacking every moment and even a crappy situation as if I chose it, right? Like I say, if you go to work, you know, on a Monday, like, oh, this sucks. To me, I treat every day like a Friday. I treat every day as if I chose it, you know what I'm saying? So therefore, if you, if you have no choice in something, why don't you just enjoy it? If you have no choice, you might as well enjoy it and try to enjoy it, you know? What is the foundation for that? Uh, that that's not a, especially right now. I mean, so many people are struggling with mental health, like to choose to have, you know, um, a really good day today, choose to, to treat every day like a Friday. Sometimes I, you got to fake it till you make it. Right, that's <laughs> right. That's right. A wise man once said. Fake it till you make it. And then over right. time, you will internalize it too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just knowing all the right things to say, the right things to believe, the things you want to believe, right? That, there's right or wrong and that's subjective, but it's like, Pick who you want to be, the kind of person, things that, you know, the best parts of yourself, focus, manifest on those. And those will kind of just, you, you, you feed whatever animal, you know what I'm saying? You want it to grow pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love, I love what you said. Uh, take the L that's lessons, not losses. Is that what you said? That, that's, exactly. for lessons. that's a chance. To, that's a chance. The rapper lyric right there. Is it? Okay. <laughs> Turn all my L's into lessons. Yep. Right. There you go. That makes sense. But it's so true. Uh, because you know, everyone experiences like there's no straight line, right? And if you guys aren't visually seeing this, uh, you might one day, but <laughs> you're not visually seeing it. There's not a straight line for in life, right? No. There's no chart that says you automatically go up. And sometimes if, if I just met Dr. Burke, I might say, all right, 
look how not look how easy he's had. Look how look at he's this guy's got the perfect deal going. Like his practice is successful. He made. If you look from the outside. It would uh, you could appear that way. Yeah, you right. check my Instagram. Uh, you know, I look great. You know, what I'm saying my life is all highlights. <laughs> you know, only highlights. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's where anxiety comes from too. People see him, you know, everyone goes through so many lowlights in their lifetime, but then they look at social media, it's everyone posting their highlights. Correct. And then you, you, if you let that get to you, then, you know, that's, that's a problem too. You think you, yeah, you think your lowlights are some, that there's something wrong with you and it's just not the exactly. case. Exactly. No, everyone's but got them. You have chosen a path um, of resistance. <laughs> You've chosen a path that uh, not only have you moved several times, you know, in your life, because you got to start new, you got to find a place to live, you got to, you know, build new relationships, new connections. You've chosen a path where it's going to be harder uh, for you to necessarily be successful. And that seems, I, it's, I can see a trend though. That's, it seems like your mindset. So then let's draw that line all the way to Mindset's you. Mindset's huge. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, mindset is very much a big, big part of it. And it's also just like, shooting for a star, land on the moon. You gotta, you gotta dream big. If you want to accomplish big things, like it's truly you, you know, having those limiting beliefs, then you will only reach so high. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I always tell people, um, don't live, limit yourself by other people's expectations. So people expect me to do great, but I want to do, I want to do even better. Right. Don't mm -hmm. even an expectation, a high expectation is a limit. Um, Amen. So I, oh, I, yeah. I love that. So why in the world did you choose to build a practice? So now we're going back to oh, yeah, your yeah, support yeah. system. She's like, you better call the next, you know, call every practice, get back on your feet. So start there. And then still, how did that get to you building your own practice? So, yeah. So from, from me getting, you know, shit canned, sorry for again, uh, yeah, to cool. we're, we're, the we're, 10 we're months of, oh, you remember the, uh, the show Seinfeld? Yep. Like, I think it's, I think it's either George or Jerry, whoever it was. Like, I love it. It just reminded me of that scene where it's like, you know, I want to get canned so bad that people see me and don't even know me. They go, wow, that guy got canned. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's exactly what I felt like. I was like, wow, that guy got canned. Like, geez, three days, done. Three yeah. days. But, uh, but again, blessing in disguise. Um, it was overall the right thing. And when he said it, my pride ego is like, no, 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 we can make this work. Blah, blah, blah. And then you know, a day or two after a week after monthly, I'm like, he was right. They were right. I agree. It was the right thing to do. We weren't a great match. It would have been such a painful transition. Um, and it would cost me so much more money to change the practice in the way I wanted it to be, you know? Right. Um, and again, it's cool. He, he's great. And they do dentistry great, but it's like, I'm a different type of person. I love being able to do, um, my simple endo. I love being able to do most of my oral surgery because I feel very confident and comfortable in oral surgery since my residency and my Detroit experience. Um, I did an implant fellowship and from California Implant Institute. Um, so I feel very comfortable doing about 67% of my own implants. Um, I don't really want to mess with metal fillings anymore. You know, say what you will about mercury, this and that. I just, uh, it's not my thing. So I want to do white fillings. Uh, if it's a bad area or a tough area to do a filling, I'll do like a Fuji glass ionomer or something that can handle the saliva and wet environment. Um, and it's not into the whole metal. Um, and they were just kind of, no, they do 70% metal fillings. You know, they don't really do the other specialty work. They refer everything out. And I was like, I kind of want to do Invisalign. I kind of want to do implants. I want to do little or three. I want to do everything. Yeah. And like, we would have had to buy so much equipment to change it over. And then the, what they've been telling their patients and what I'm going to be telling their patients are going to be just not matching. So again, that's why it didn't fit. And I was going to change it to be more just different stuff with staff. I think they had their bleeding 
too high of overhead. And to me, I love the practice of dentistry. I also love the being a small business owner. I love examining overhead. Where can we, you know, not cut costs, but like, let's be more efficient. I love efficiency. Mm-hmm. I don't, I will never, um, um, not buy the best bonds, composites. I want to rely on my materials because actually having the best materials will save you money in the long run, right? Not having to redo things, not have things fail sooner. Then you got to redo it for free, which costs you more money. And right. so I make sure I make sure the things like I always I made a joke. I was like, I want Gucci and Goodwill. Like I want the things that matter in a patient's mouth for sensitivity, long lasting longevity, and function to be Gucci. Um, if I'm going to buy post-it notes, I'm not going to spend Gucci. I'm going Goodwill. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> things that don't matter, suction tips. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a plastic thing that sucks saliva. As right. long as it does the same trick, I'm going to spend the Goodwill on that one. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so just finding what is valuable into the patient experience, um, you know, longevity, like I said, all those things versus what truly doesn't matter. Okay, cool. I love examining all that and let's be better, faster, and profitable at the same time. Um, but yeah. So going from, I literally just <laughs> just did a Google search. Uh, I knew most practices to made a spreadsheet of and basically in a 30 mile radius, every dental office. I got all the emails, all the phone numbers. I made a, a spreadsheet and I called and emailed every single one of them. My thing was like, hey, I'm from Traverse City. I moved back. I'm a dentist. I'm here long-term. I would love to... And so I was that mindset. I was like, okay, I tried to marry this practice and get, you know, get committed. I was almost in like dating phase. I was like, you know, I'm going to bring it back to my single days. I'm going to date. I'm not going to commit to more than one day a week in a practice. So my goal was to get into two to four practices one day a week for a few months and see which practice. And I wanted to date like, Hey, you date me. I'm going to date you. Let's see how this works. So I literally called 40 and emailed 40 practices. I probably got a hold and about like 20 of them. Um, I went and I was like, Hey, I just love to come in and talk to you. Can I just see your office? Can I talk with you? You know, saying I'm here, I'm here to stay. I'm going to be a dentist here. So it's like, you're going to get to know me type thing. Cause I'm home, you know? And I'm, um, and, and I had the and mindset. You said you weren't a, and you said you weren't a salesman. So you, <laughs> you were out there prospecting, you were out there looking. I know, but now that I realize it and you learn more and you get smarter, like I, I love the whole thing. It's no sales. There's no, it's bull, that's bull crap. Everything mm-hmm. in life is sales, right? Um, but it's just like finding a ethical, good, believable way to be in sales. And to me, I was like, I don't feel bad with this sale because I believe in myself. I bet on myself. And so when you, when you're selling yourself, that's easier to me, right? Cause like I make sure I have the skills, the personality, um, just cause I'm pretty jovial, pretty happy all the friggin' time, <laughs> easy to work with. Like, you know, I'm almost like obnoxiously happy where I come in every day to my staff, happy Friday. It's like Tuesday. Like it's Tuesday. Dr. Berg. I'm like, feels like a Friday. <laughs> you remind me you know? of SpongeBob, you know? So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so like a pretty easy get. So like, I feel like I'm a decent addition to an office. So I think I, I came in just strong. I was like, Hey, I'm a force to be reckoned with. I, you have to tell yourself that if you don't believe that it's not going to be it. Right. Even if I'm not, like you guys say, Hey, I'm going to be in Traverse city. I'm going to be home. I'm not going anywhere. Get to know me type thing, you know? So but um, talk about that because that, that takes a lot of courage. You literally, you know, cold called 40 dental offices in your local yep. area and it's a small community. Like they know you gotta, you gotta have the freaking huevos to do it, man. It, even if okay. you it didn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I didn't like doing it, but you know, you just gotta put your head down and do what you gotta do and don't get down on yourself. And like I said, keep moving forward, keep taking those steps. And just like, kind of like, just like in sports, just like in dating, whatever, you know what I'm saying? 
you, you don't catch any fish, you don't cast any lines. You miss every shot right. you don't take. I'd rather miss 99 shots and make the 100 than take zero shots and not even make a single shot. And I have zero points instead of three points. Right. You know? And so you just got to be okay with failure. You got to be okay with being rejected. Just know that one of them is going to work. And, and, and if it, you just keep plugging, one's going to work. Well, was there any awkward uh, rejections, disheartening ones? You, you walked out of there. I don't know if we could get worse than getting canned in three days. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the worst one. But uh, no, not really. But it was just, you know, a lot of dentists either just you know, didn't respond, which is fine. Okay. Like, I mean, I've gotten almost, I'm getting almost like a few little requests here and there from, for people wanting to join a practice. Now, not just dentists yet, but like, you know, staff or it's like, you know, but I respond to them. Right. But I get it. Like, I get the idea of like, okay, I can't bring on a dentist. I don't have the patient base for it. I just don't feel like, you know, that's fine. And then some of them were very nice being like, totally would love to have you come in love to meet you but just know okay. that you know i don't have the patient base to support another doctor even a day a week you know like i said i wanted a date my 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 pitch was i would love to come in a day a week um let's just see how it goes you know what i'm saying right and but i didn't want like to have too many practices that are close to each other and so there's like east bay traverse city there's west bay traverse city which are kind of like you know 10 15 minutes apart kind of draw from different parts and then there's a practice about 20 minutes north of traverse city like kind of targeted kind of, okay, if, if one, I, I was going to commit to whoever first committed to me one day a week. And then I kind of try to go furthest away from that as possible. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. There's coffee. Uh, trying to go further away from it as possible. Um, and, but it came down to it. Three offices were viable okay. essentially when it came down to it. Uh, one North Jeff city, one West Bay, one East Bay. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. I'll give you Mondays. I'll give you Tuesdays and you got Thursdays type thing. Right. And then as, and it kind of worked out, it was kind of really weird. And I, and, and I let them all know what I was doing. Like, I wasn't like hiding anything. I was like, Hey, I'm at this practice. I'm at X, Y, and Z. Um, just let you know, this is why I'm doing it. This is what I'm doing it. But my goal is to either buy your practice partner in. And I just want to see if it works for us. That's my goal. I want to be somewhere long-term. And I was serious about that. And I, I believe that in those first probably 10 months. And so, uh, you know, when you, when you also move to an area, all the dental sales reps want to descend on you, like a, you know, a vulture to a carcass, you know what I'm saying? So they all want to come to you. They all want to blah, blah, blah. They want to get your relationship. And my sales rep here, he's, he got me, he's good. You know, like we're, <laughs> we're buddies now. And I bet you every dentist is like, yeah, sure. Thumbs up your buddies. You know what I'm saying? They're just using you, wanting you. But like, I mean, we, we do hang out, we do go fishing, we do drink well, like in the you back said, lawn. It, it, you're in a smaller community in general, just like, cause that small town feel, uh, but yeah, you're, but dentistry also is a, a niche community in itself, I, which I think is really cool that dentists do support each other a ton. I mean, there's obviously yeah. the, the ones that don't, but yeah. mostly oh, yeah. they're, they're pretty supportive. But I'm talking about the sales reps too, though. Yeah. They, <laughs> they want to be your best friends. But the cool thing about it is that like he was, he moved here before I did like move back here and he was, he's a hockey player. I'm a football player, but like, he's friends, friends group, my same age with my high school friends. So like okay. he was in the same friend group as me too. And I, like, I'd be buddies with them with or without sales reps, you know what I'm saying? And I tell him every day I'm a, or every week, I'm just like, Hey, I don't give a crap about Patterson. I don't give a crap about shine midway Darby Benko. Like, I don't care about your company. Like if you were went to, if you went to another company tomorrow, I'd be like, cool. I'm switching. I'm going shine or now I'm going midway. I don't really care about your specific company. I care about you. Right. And uh, you're only competent. Yeah, exactly. And I say, I will only order from you. I won't order from any other sales rep or anything, but your only competition is Amazon, Net32, um, the little websites. Um, I, also, my California Implants too has like its own little 
catalog that we get discounted stuff from. I was like, those are your competition. You just know, I'll, you know, 40 to 60% of my business will go to you. But when I call you and I text you, you better respond to me within freaking five minutes. <laughs> and if I need a tech out here, you better send it the same day. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't have a relationship with a sales rep, they're not going to send their tech. You know what I'm saying? Like right. say, if you, you order all your crap online, you don't have, you have no loyalty to a sales rep and you have something wrong with your, you know, you know, compressor, they're going to be like, cool, we'll get you next week. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But like, so to me, that's the reason I know I'm paying a premium by not shopping them as much with other sales reps, but I also, I'll pay a premium for having something happen same day because I, if something breaks down, and you can't get a, uh, a tech out there for one week. That's four days of production lost, you know, versus what I was, you know, that could happen. That could be a lot, you know what I'm saying? That could be $20,000 right there. And so it could be even more, it could be 30. Um, right. And so to me, it's like, it's worth it to have that. But anyway, so him and I were kind of tight and cool. And he was, you know, he was always giving me opportunities and we kind of, and he knew more about um, practices up here than I did at the time. And we, we, we bounce ideas off each other a lot in terms of, should I buy this one? Should I buy that one? Should I build one? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so like I said, I was dating the three practices and one of them, or so two of them wanted me to partner long-term buy, take over, but it'd be like a five to 10 year process. Right? right. The other one was kind of a, like a rundown kind of one. They leased the building and land. Um, and to me, like I wanted to own the practice. I wanted to own the building land. I wanted full everything control. Right. And so then and, I was like, okay, maybe and, that, and that was part of your vision too, though. It wasn't something you just made up out of thin air. I mean, this is what you had, uh, had learned about, thought about, this is kind of what you were thinking going forward. Exactly. So you knew exactly what you wanted getting into that situation. Right. Um, and that's kind of what I, I've time. heard from mentors in dental school. It's like uh, to back up a little bit, there's like two kinds of dental students, right? There's ones with family members, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, who are dentists who should take advantage of the, um, mentorship they can get from that person, the easy in they're going to get with a practice. Yeah. They might not want to go back home yet. Maybe they should go get experience for, you know, two to three years, GPRA, EGD or corporate and live where you want to live, get experience and then come back home. But you're stupid not to take advantage of it. Then there's kids like me, no connection to dentist, no, no hookup. You know what I'm saying? So I right. had to go the other route of like, okay, GPR, corporate, find my own path, which I'm glad I did that too, because, um, I learned so freaking much. So, so people who, if they go into a hook situation right into their dad or mom's practice and they're not forced to grow and learn, um, their growth curve, I think is a little slower. Um, but it's also, it's a great experience though, because it's a great nurturing environment because that person's not going to give up on you and not force you and push you too much like produce, 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 you know? Um, so there's that. Um, and to me, it's like, I just knew I wanted to own, right. I want to, have ownership. And to me, my long-term goal is like, I know I want to have X, Y, Z. I got to, to get to that. I want to have full ownership because I want to be able to retire when I'm 50, 60, and just only do a day or two a week. And then if I want to, and then I always have lease payments from the building when I sell it to somebody for, you know, my practice type thing, you know? Um, so how, but so anyway. how did you, yeah. So how did you draw that line? You had three potential ownership opportunities in various different, I guess, years. Uh, depending on when that doctor retires and then you yep. you do a 180 and say i'm just gonna build <laughs> <laughs> so getting there i'm, I'm long-winded here no so dude i'm not done. no don't fast forward dude. We're, we're having a good discussion so, there's a so lot the of life one, lessons yeah, here and one more thing to you learn kind of in, in, in later in dental school i learned um is 
you know, every kid comes out and they want to practice in the big city. They want to yeah. go to this cool place when actually, if you want to make money, rural dentists make more money than urban dentists. Right. And then you find out the real number that matters for, you know, if you want to make good money and want to get money faster, it's doctor to patient ratio. Right. And so okay. it, it, you just kind of look at, okay, how many offices are doctors in this zip code? What's the population in the zip code? And obviously divide, find the ratio. And usually, <clears throat> you know, anything that's one to a thousand or one to 800, that's all right. That's good. Okay. Anything less than that, mm, not so good. Um, really? And then you look in cities, you know, it's like one to 400, one to 600, one to where there's so many dental offices. But if you get a one to 2000 ratio, one to 3000 ratio or plus, like, you know, banks will just hand you money to build, build because, you know, usually a single hygienist, single doc office needs 800 to a thousand patients um, to be busy full-time year round. Right. Okay. And if you want one doc, two hygienists, you need about 1600 to 1800 patients to be busy year round. If you want a two doc, to hygienists. So basically for every doctor you want and every doctor and hygienist, you know, per hygienist, you can do six or 800 per hygienist patients. Every doctor you want 800 to a thousand about. Um, and so if I got my, hopefully, you know, hopefully if I get 3000 patients, then I can have two docs, three hygienists and that's solid right there. You know, was that, so was find that part of numbers. your analysis when you were like looking at those practices? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so like, when you look at, like I said, You've got to be okay with driving. Hey, if you want to live certain place, freaking just live right outside the city you want to live in or live right. right there. Go drive 20 to 45 minutes to an hour to and from work or just live a little closer towards work, live close to where you want to live too and do that. You're going to make more money, service people who need service and don't want to drive into these big urban places to uh, be seen all that kind of too. And you'll be happier. You can build the way you want to build it. You'll grow faster. And so basically it came down to two decisions. So my sales rep buddy came to me and said, Hey, you know, I got approached by this um, commercial real estate guy. And there's this group who's trying to kind of buy up real estate in this small town, just South of Traverse city. Um, and so Traverse city, if you don't know it, real estate is going crazy. Everyone wants to live here. Everyone wants to vacation here and move here, retire here or have their second home here. And so some small little, house in downtown Traverse city will cost anywhere from three fifty dollars to $500,000. Right. It's crazy. Right. And right. it's just, and you want to live on the water. It's like a million dollars, you know, it's even more, 2 million. It's crazy real estate. So a lot of the families are being just like a lot of places that are, you know, real estate going up are being pushed to the outskirts or pushed further away, more further, further suburbs or towards rural areas. Um, and so that's just happening here. Um, this is growing community. It's always kind of been on the cusp, um, but it's getting more and more growing, growing, growing. The school system is great. It's ranked high in the state. Um, the people are very proud of their community and it's not transient. They're there year round. Right. And a lot of families are moving there because there's, you know, affordable housing and, and land. Right. And so he's like, my sales rep buddy is like, there's an opportunity here. This group is looking to put a dentist in and the owner of this building is looking to kind of give you a sweetheart deal you know, cause you know, they want to show that they, they, uh, they mean well for this community. Right. And the community has been asking for, Hey, what are the top five things you want in your downtown? And Dennis was the number one thing they wow. requested. Um, and so he's like, okay, here's this option build a practice, or you can buy us one in Traverse city, which had about probably 700 patients. Um, but there was a lot of work to be done. Those 700 patients, it was an old school dental office, lots of big amalgams that are just fracturing and breaking. So, those 700 patients actually, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. That sounds more like a thousand almost in, in terms of production. Um, 
but so it came down to it. So now I'm crunching numbers. I probably want to hear a little numbers, right? Yeah. <laughs> a little no, bit about I, think, this. I think when people are analyzing, I mean, you have so many young dentists that I meet today. And, and, and by the way, it, you know, the, the, I always say the older dentist, relatively speaking him or her, right. when you're looking to sell your practice, you could see what um, doctors like Dr. Burke are looking at and how you might need to start, you know, tightening up that, that patient base so that, a, a, a Dr. Burke, who's more on the technical side of it, feels comfortable to purchase that practice, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you want to bring in these young dentists, bring in these associates, and give them something to look forward to buy, versus exactly. just saying, "Hey, I'm going to retire and take over." Well, build up the value. I mean, get the most value for what all that hard work, 20, 30 years of being in a community, right? Yeah, so, and there's like, and I feel like the older dentists who work in, you know, start more retirement or phase out. They got kind of two options. Like, it's kind of like. Do they truly, truly care about their patient base? And do they really want to make sure their patient base is taken care of? And they do that usually by cultivating a relationship with a young associate to right. transition, that kind of thing. And then there's the ones where it's like either a health concern or they just don't care. They want to get as big as payouts as they can. They sell to a DSL, you know, right. a dental support organization, a larger corporate. Um, and the smart ones are the ones that don't come in like an Aspen. They come in and keep your same name, make it seem like you're still single owned, but your corporate owned, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And no one really yeah. knows about it. And there's a couple kind of two versions, options, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, those are two options. And I'm, I'm not saying that just because you sell to a DSO, you don't care about your patients, but like, you know, as a business mind, you, you would sell to DSO because you would get more money, right. you know, from it. But then also, and it may or may not be worse for your patients or not, depending on who comes in and the doctors and that kind of stuff. But usually the old school model is like, yeah, you, you cultivate, associate, they come in, they take over, you transition out. Um, and so to me, crunching the numbers, this older practice was probably about 400000 to buy because it was kind of dwindling um, patients and bleeding money. Um, but then I also knew to renovate the space will cost probably another 100000 or so to renovate it and get updated things that I would need and want in that space. But I'd be leasing for like 5000 a month mm. from the owner of the building that they would never sell the building and the space from me. So then I'm okay. Okay. I'm already like 500,000 in. And then I would have to move this practice for long-term success and business building for me too, at the same time. And if I plan on growing, I need more space. So then I got, so now I'm going to buy real estate. I'm going to renovate. So tack on another, you know, one to 1.2 million probably for that for real estate in, in Traverse, Traverse City. City. Yeah. And build. Right. Um, and move all that stuff. So that, so I'm probably looking at a $1.5 million investment there. Um, which to me is, again, it's like, like I said, I'm, I'm in debt right now up to up to the ears, right? I got house debt, which is, but again, we're Airbnb in an apartment. So we're actually, and but also with the young dentist, I was going to say this real quick though. I learned this is really well. Why don't you get out of dental school? Wait three or four years. Don't go. I'm a dentist now. I'm a doctor. Don't go buy that new car. Don't go get that cool watch. Maybe treat yourself like one or two things, but like smaller things, less than a thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> don't get that boat. Don't just buy a big old house and you know, all these things. Cause then you might be sadly yourself with more debt. And then all of a sudden you might get canned in three days and then <laughs> you have all these things and you can't do it. Right. So be careful about that. Wait until you, you know, right. pay the, off that the, debt the, a little more. You know, the boat's not fun stable. when you're not working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's fun when you're not working. You enjoy it better, but then you got to sell it. <laughs> Sooner or later, you gotta know it's gonna bite you in the butt. <clears throat> um, but uh, oh shoot, now I forgot where I was. <laughs> no, no, you're talking but, uh, about uh, the one the, the potential oh, debt yeah, you debt. have to take yeah, on, yeah, which yeah. which I've talked about in, yeah. in podcasts. Yeah, and it's okay because sometimes it's an investment in yourself, so 
but tell us how, how did you see it? Like, tell us how you kind of picture it. <clears throat> right. So to me is like, okay, a house debt, no problem. Car debt, I need to have a car. But to me, like a practice debt, a building land asset debt is not really debt because you can liquidate it if you absolutely have to in the worst case scenario. Um, but that's hopefully not the goal. That just kind of, that's a silver lining, right? I can always get out of it. It's an asset. It's, it's, I can liquidate it. Uh, same thing, you know, sort of practice in building land, but dental school debt is a bad, is terrible debt, right? You can't get out. You can't sell that and get out of it. Um, but so to me, like 1.5, all right, cool to change this. And then I have to really market myself there. I really have to compete hard there because there's 40 other offices in this area in Charter City that we're competing over, right? Mm-hmm. And then I look at this other option, the build stretch start option. And so the first thing I look at, okay, what are the numbers? What's the doctor to patient ratio? That's the first, that's the most important number any new doc needs to look at. Um, it was a, it was a big ratio down there, right? Okay. I don't know if I tell you the ratio, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely higher than one to 3000. It's higher okay. than that. Um, I don't want, which, I, don't want which basically translate, open, I don't want people to open up next to me. You know <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. So but which definitely on. translates <laughs> just to a lot of opportunity, right? Exactly. Look for opportunity. Okay. Well said, very well said. Um, and so it was higher than that. Um, and it's a growing community. Um, and then I look and see what are there other offices around me? You know, there's literally a 30 mile radius where I was right in the middle. There's no dental practice. And a lot of people are moving. There's a lot of people living in that area. Um, and neighboring zip codes too. Um, so, so that, that number was there and I was like, okay, cool. This, this could grow fast. You know, if, if we market right, if we do the right things. I got a question regarding that. So you go to the bank you know, I have a practice that's existing. Here's the revenue. Here's the patient base. Yep. I use Bank of America. They have a great practice solution program um, okay. for dentists. They're dentist specific. So when you, when you bring them here is existing practice versus I'm going to build this practice. T- tell yep. us like, are they, you know, how do they feel about lending to a brand new practice? They look at that zip code to patient population versus so, practices and doctors. That's the number oh, wow. one number. So, okay. They see, they're like, they saw my number and they, they did their own demographic research. They're like, they couldn't give me the money fast enough. They're really? like, get it. And because okay. I said, they're dental specific. They know dental practices, like the practice solutions that other banks have, I think dental specific ones, but I was just, that's the one I found at the time with certain advisors. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a good one. And they go, like, oh, just run with it. Here you go. Have at okay. it. You know what I'm saying? So that's like $500,000 for the startup. So I know for a startup, it's going to be 500000 for me to buy the equipment, buy all the cabinetry, um, have working capital for the, because usually you're told that a, scr- a, a, a scratch start practice loses money in the first, you know, three to four months. Okay. You hope to break even month five and six, and then you hope to start turning profits in month seven and eight. And okay. so they give you about eighty to one hundred thousand in working capital to get you through the first three or four months, okay. right? Um, but again, the higher your you know ratio is for doctor to population, the faster you're going to get to the profitable stage, okay. rather than you know you know faster you're going to get to break even, faster you're going to get to profitable, and hopefully you you can you don't have to burn through that working capital, and you're you know at month four you're like crap, we need to start producing or else we're going to go out of business, and so. It was a good deal too. And like, there's, there's also about $200,000 worth of tenant improvement to change, remodel the building. Um, and, but, and the lucky thing about it, you can get that loan too, if you wanted to, but just, and I would have, right now I'm paying for it now. Um, Cause I, I have since then in the last, you know, six months, I've now bought the hundred percent building and land as well. Okay. That was part of my deal that I signed on. I was like, I won't even come on unless I can buy the building land from you guys. 
within five years. If I don't buy it within five years, we can renegotiate, you know? Um, but and you're I, and they wanted in and you already went down that route. Oh yeah. And so essentially I just took over the mortgage payment and then, so basically the, the group I bought it from, or you know, was buying it from, they fronted the construction costs, remodel costs at about 240,000. Wow. And so I knew I was on the hook for 740,000, you know, 500 okay. patents debt. 240, they're, they're going to do the construction cost for me, which I could have got that from a bank. You could have got that. So I knew about 740 in starting the practice and construction costs, right? Um, and so to me, that was like, I'm complete ownership, everything, you know what I'm saying? And I can afford the monthly payments. Because usually they set up where you can, it's, it's, it's like half cost for the first year. And then it goes to the normal cost year two to 15 or whatever. Um, yeah, they so don't want to set right, you up to fail. You exactly. Know, so if you right. pick the right rural location with a good doctor patient ratio, um, you can feel confident in that, right? If you're just doing the right things, if you're a crappy person, crappy dentistry, you don't stand <laughs> behind what you do. But again, all these things won't work if you're not doing the right thing. Right. And right. so if the ultimate goal is to make money, so you live a great life, you can support your, your family, um, you have great experiences, then you die a happy man or woman. Um, then the way you do that and make money from your dental practice is you don't have to worry about making money. You're smart and you're efficient. You treat your staff really well. Um, you treat your patients like their family. You talk to them straight up. You do the right thing and do work that you stand behind. And if you make a mistake, you own it. And if you do the right things, money will come, right? right. If you're the best dentistry you can possibly do that day, money will come. So it's the nice thing about it. You don't have to focus on the money part. Just focus on patient experience, doing as great dentistry as you can, keep learning and building and growing, have humility, uh, accept your mistakes, own them write them, money will come, you know what I'm saying? As long as you set yourself in the right situations and positions. So, but now I had to buy the building of land too. That's another million. So now I'm like, oh, talking about 2 that. million yeah, now. Let's go back yeah, to that. Sorry, like you were 700. 2 million. <laughs> I'm 2 million in now with this practice, practice loan, remodel, owning building land, right? And I would have been about 1.5, 1.6, probably even more actually in Traverse City if I would have bought and remodel. So to me, there was like 2 million either way, you know? Do I want to be somewhere though where I can start this right away? And I was able to build it in the exact way I wanted it, you know, electronic, totally green, brand new equipment, brand new right? everything. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, it's awesome. I was able to design it in the way I wanted it to. It was really cool process. It was, it was hard. It was. I had. I had. Thank God for Google Sheets, um, <laughs> and all that stuff, making spreadsheets and making lists and all that stuff. Um, because without that, you know, I wouldn't have kept track of everything, <laughs> but, uh, I was just keeping that going. Um, shoot. And then, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a tough thing to keep me sure. But now that I'm like looking on the backside of it, I'm like, I missed the grind of it. I missed the sleepless nights of, Oh God, make this inventory list. I got to make blah, 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 this flow, this spreadsheet, my handbook, how I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Like I missed that creative process about it. That was pretty cool. And again, you can do it on your own. I had a lot of help from a lot of great people that I write over a lot heavily on my sales rep, um, his group of people, mentors, family, friends, other colleagues, um, from dental school who did the same thing and okay. say, Hey, I luckily had a colleague who did it probably about nine months before me. She did it in Vancouver. And I was like, Michaela, like, all right, so I'm at this stage. What'd you do here? How'd you think about this? And yeah. so just really rely heavily on your friends and your classmates uh, your, or your above classmates too, who have done it and like kind of get their two cents always. Um, so to me, I was like, okay, 
then I was like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do it down there. Right. Cause I've just heard that you make more money in the long run. It'd be less competition, less headache. Because if I bought this old practice and redid everything, it would have been a three, four year, just like long dragged out process, you know? Well, um, what a, t- tell me about the branding though. I mean, if I'm a new dentist and I can jump in with an asso- uh, a practice that has a, a community feel already versus this new practice uh, opening up over here, you know, I don't have a brand yet. I, I don't have a community presence mm-hmm. yet potentially. So I, did that scare you at all? Was that part of your thought process? It did and didn't. I knew the, I knew the area. I knew the people by growing up here a little bit. Um, okay. But even if not, I could have learned the area. They're more rural, small town. Um, but to me, like kind of, so the way my thought process was, is I want to make this a brand. I want to make this something that's not Eric Burke dental, but you know, like that's just <laughs> no creativity there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to me, like also resale value, let's say when I want to retire, right. um, I got to sell Eric Burke dental, you know, and they're going to change the name. Then they lose that brand value. Right. And yeah. so I was like, okay, kicking around ideas, Kingsley dental. I'm sorry. We're in Kingsley. There we go. That's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> they could have Googled um, it pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Kingsley Dental, this and that dental. And I was like, but I knew that their, their high school mascot was the stags. And I was like, I, I jokingly started just saying stag dental, you know, it's that I'll say it to my buddy, my sales rep buddy, it's stag dental down in Kingsley, you know? And it just kind of sounded right. Felt good. Okay. And like, I, I was going stag, I was going out on my own, you know what I'm saying? Starting this whole thing. I was like, it's stag dental. And then just made a simple little kind of antler thing with a kind of the, where the, the kind of little molar action going on with the antlers. It's simple, <laughs> clean, modern. Um, and so just boom, stag dental right there. Cause essentially I wanted it to be their practice, right? I wanted it to not be like, it's all about me, me, me. It's Eric Burke. It's no, it's, I wanted it to be Kingsley's practice. Like, I want them to feel That's like really this is cool. their practice and I'm their dentist who works for them. And this is my staff that works for them, right? It's an overall feeling vibe, family squad, not like a me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's kind of where I started from. I want to make sure we had a Google presence. I want to make sure we had a Facebook presence. I wanted to be smart how I did my marketing. So officially, what I, uh, first what I did is uh, I sent out these mailers, which helped. I spent like four or $5,000 with these brochure mailers that were really nice, done really well with some you know, new patient incentives, you know, whitening, you know, free Invisalign consultation, free exa- uh, emergency exam consultation in the first six months, put a date on it, put an ending on it. It's valid through whatever to get people in the door sooner. Yeah. Um, that was, that was helpful. Take, take note that. for all you new practice owners, send that, make That's sure you right. have a date on the end date. So three years later, they don't come back with the key. Exactly. Exactly. Have an end date, um, and send them to get them in uh, a call to service. They call that. Um, and so, and then we did it. We basically looked up all demographic data. Um, there's great, you know, dental uh, marketing companies out there. You can look up, um, and they sent it to every household income that had median income of 30,000 or more. Um, because you know, usually you look at data, right? 70% of people in Michigan see a dentist once a year. Um, certain median income people go see dentists for some a year, some don't. Um, and so if you depends on your kind of practice you want to have, um, that's who you market to. Because to me, it's like it's smarter to, to do niche marketing rather than do blanket marketing, because then you're spending your money in ways and you don't know is it efficiently how you're spending it, right? Right. So you want to start marketing, I think, niche-wise. And if you see, okay, that one worked. All right, cool. I'm going to really hammer this one. Then I might try this niche along with this niche, see if that works. Oh, this one didn't work. Okay, cool. I'm going to save my money on this niche and then go to this niche. You know, I so did that first. And to me, I don't want to spend money on billboard, radio ads, TV ads. I feel like that's an inefficient way to spend your money in today's culture. I think Facebook and Google ads is your best way to right. smartly spend your money. Um, have a good 
online presence, um, make a great website. Um, I kind of went to like seven or eight different websites that I liked. I kind of drew and pieced together the way I wanted mine to be. I luckily have a friend who's in the website design. I was like, hey, this is exact. I wrote a huge document. I want one page exactly like this. I want the top and the bottom be like this. Um, my cousin helped me out with like, you know, photos and that kind of stuff. Make it clean, make it modern, make it simple. Don't do overly wordy. Make it all call the service. Make it as simple as possible for them to also make an appointment, have clicks and links to request an appointment. Um, don't let them schedule themselves because you want to have control of your schedule, but right. have the ability for them to contact you with their information for you to call and email them. And then you put them in your schedule, um, making it simple, making it easy, um, accessible. And then once people start rolling in your best marketing is truly the patient experience from the moment they enter the door and the moment they leave the door. Right. And that starts with your front office manager, your assistant, your hygienist, you, you make sure you give a shit and actually do give a shit. And if you don't give a shit, fake it till you make it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I actually do care because I just can't work like that. It doesn't work for me. I, I, I need to be, um, I got to be like immersed in it to really enjoy my day. And so, like I said, I, I, I'm there, I'm choosing to be there and I, I give every person a chance no matter what. And I really want to get to know their story. I want to see them. I want to talk to them. I want to feel them. I want to know who they are. And I yeah. do actually care about people. And then again, you got to kind of have that. And even if you don't feel that way, if you want to make it in dentistry, you truly have to try. You have to try to get to know people. You have to care about them as a person, not just a mouth and a tooth. And then just boom, 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 numbers, 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 because you'll never grow. You're always going to have patient turnover. You have staff turnover because that usually bleeds to your staff too. Cause you don't care about your staff either. Get to know your, your staff's kids' names, their husbands, their wives' names, know them ins and out, know their birthdays, do things for them on Valentine's day, give them little gifts, do things for them on Christmas, give them something on their birthday, also, I donated to community too. So any person who came into my office, like every soccer team, the band, the graduation people, give them 20, 50 bucks, give them a hundred bucks, give them whatever. Because if I want them to support me, I need to support them. And so I came in with all these things. So your best marketing is supporting the community when you're there, be there, get involved, care, actually give a shit. Um, and then Eric, you, you, you might be a better business owner than dentist. It's hard to learn all that. Yeah. But yeah, and I enjoy both parts of it. That's right. why I, I love the technical part of that. I love doing surgery. I love doing implants. I love getting people out of pain. And also I love the, the, just the talking, the meeting, the business side of it is fun for me. Um, but then it's like your, our best marketing though was Facebook ads, Google ads. Um, and I haven't done a brochure since, and we've been mm -hmm. fine. The best marketing has been the patient experience. And then, then telling their friends, then talking, then doing this and that. It will and then come, right? Yeah, it will come. And incentivizing reviews as well. Okay. And you can spend all this money on SEO and these companies that say, hey, give you reviews. I don't think, I think it's also a waste, not a waste of money, but you can do that yourself too. If you're in a rural area with not a lot of market, I don't need to spend a lot of money on SEO, search engine optimization, um, because I'm the only demographic office in the area. So if I right. get enough traction, I'll go to the top of the list because I'm the closest one to all of them. You know what I'm saying? I just got to make sure I get a little traction initially, which is by reviews, uh, directing people to the website, um, and then have a nice big sign, you know, buy like $500 worth of Amazon gift cards, $10 gift cards and say for every five-star review you leave or every review you leave, I mean, I don't think you can legally say five-star, but you can, <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty implied. Did right. you leave a good review or not? <laughs> right. Leave us a great review and we'll give you a $10 gift card and, and let us know. You know what I'm saying? And right. so good, I've given out probably $400. You. 
you know, people's great experiences, they just they'll go home and say something about it. They don't necessarily go on and post about it. It's usually people who have a bad experience in something. They can't wait to post about it. So it makes exactly. sense. You just got to, you got to incentivize people just to get, get on the computer again or, or leave exactly. it on, online. But, and I tell them too, like I jokingly make like uh if they, like, I don't, I don't, again, I'm a no pressure sales kind of guy, right? I'm out, I'm a slow play kind of guy too. Like, and I feel like a lot of dentists don't want to have that hard conversation of like, okay, you're going to need probably six crowns over the next <laughs> 10 years and probably eight fillings. They go, nah, you need one crown and one filling. And then they don't want to like make them feel like they're overdoing it. But if right. I see a mouthful of metal with cracks everywhere and this and that, I take also oh, best thing to get mouthwatch interoral camera. I love that thing. It's like, oh, you wow. can get like okay. three of them for like five or 600 bucks. They take great photos and they will sell your treatment plans better than you ever will. All you do is you take pictures, you dry the teeth off really well, take the pictures, put it in front of their face and don't just, you know, cause again, if you're not seeing anything. They're like, Hey, you have this crack on the way back side of your second molar. It's like a car guy mechanic. Be like, Hey, there's something wrong with your rotary converter at $2,000. You're, like, you're like, sure guy, <laughs> you know, what, whatever. But if you show them a picture, it's in their face and it looks like crap. And then, you know, there'll be, you know, eight times out of 10, they'll be like, Ooh, we should fix that. Like, Ooh, that looks bad. You know, you almost let them tell their treatment and you say, yeah, so that will need a crown or that will need a filling that needs to be pulled or that needs a root canal or that needs to be taken out. This and that. Yeah. That I, I haven't selling. seen a lot of practices with that. Honestly, I really haven't. Maybe uh, they're more, yeah, more and more are getting that way, but it's also this, it's the consistent utilization of it is key. Okay. Every new patient gets the whole thing taken. Um, and if I have an issue, this and that, like, yeah, I make sure I take a picture and they're looking at it. Right. I don't like any kind of, gray area it's black and white we're both gonna agree and if, if some person looks at me like eh, that looks fine and i'm like okay well i still recommend this but I got you. i'm not gonna force you to do anything it's your mouth you're in control of it i always say it to every single person too it's like just know if something breaks in this tooth i told you so and also this will need something in the future but just know the plan can change if this changes you know what i'm saying and so that's so, a really key thing too well, well talk about this eric so um Let's bring it to today. You and, and this is kind of where I want you to leave people with it. You you go through buying a brand new practice as a as a young dentist. Oh, started a brand new one, man. Like started the brand new. Sorry, yeah, you started yeah. a brand new. Built it. You designed it. Google spreadsheets all over the place. Oh, Marketing yes. on your own. Um, okay, now we're open. We're running. Starting to build a brand in the community, and then COVID happens. Uh, and oh, you yeah, shut the down. Pandemic. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, what I what I want you to share is, uh, and, and if it's all right, you know, be vulnerable. Like financially, you took on a couple million dollars of debt here, right? Oh yeah. And all of a sudden, your bit your office is closed. You know, so uh, just walk us through kind of what, how did you get through that mentally, Mister Positive over here? How did you get, <laughs> how did you get through that mentally and and then bring us uh, now to, to today of where you guys are at and, and how are things are looking yeah. going forward. Yeah, first, first you're saying this too shall pass. We will survive this. Giving the confidence to the staff, everyone's and just being like, I got you guys. I'm going to take every step reading the ADA recommendations, talking to my accountant. Uh, okay, what are the things we can be doing? What's the smart way of going about getting money from, thank God, the SBA PPP loans. That helped right. as well. Right. Uh, making sure you get in that. I got a part of that early. Um, getting getting applied for unemployment very early. Mm -hmm. The second that happened, I was like, boom, let's apply for unemployment, make sure my staff taken care of. Um, and so again, having the mindset of like this will pass, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. 
okay, I know it's going to be fine. How can I walk my step backwards? How am I, what am I going to do to get to right. be being fine? Right. Okay. And so the first step was apply for unemployment for my staff, make sure they get taken care of that. I have a staff when it comes back, um, make sure I get PPP money as well, um, to help support us, you know, lease, you know, at least for myself now, but yeah, still I mean, paying really, my mortgage. Bridge the gap. Yeah. Bridge the gap. <laughs> yeah, paying the mortgage, pay for utilities. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, supporting my staff that way too, with the action money as well. And then making a plan of how are we going to be open? You know, um, it's like, how are we going to operate? And so essentially I, I had a staff of three full-time girls and then probably one part-time, um, and we had a plan to bring on another hygienist because we were growing anyway and slowly bring growth from like, you know, one hygienist to one and a half, to like two. Um, but my one hygienist is pregnant. And so she was, she gave birth actually like two weeks ago. I was like, all right, cool. You're going to be in unemployment. We're going to pay you great because the extra $600 was great. You're going to make, right. you know, just, as, you know, find money while not working. So you're on pre-maternity leave and then basically don't come back for that month that we were doing hygiene, you're on pre-maternity leave, you know, keep collecting your unemployment. And then she goes on maternity leave now, which she was, I'm not supplying that, but she was paying AFLAC insurance for maternity pay. So she okay. had that set up. Um, my other two full-time, like, hey, you're on unemployment until I get PPP money. And so then when I got the PPP money, um, I was like, okay, how can I distribute this correctly? Um, so I distributed to my staff, some stayed on unemployment because they chose to. Um, cause they paid, they got paid more unemployment, you know what I'm saying? Um, and some, you know, took, uh, got the PPP money as well, which is great. And so essentially during that time period from mid March to mid June, it was me and my part-time assistant. Essentially okay. I took all the calls. I, I, so basically how I set my practice up, I set it up smartly the way I wanted to be, I want, I hate redundancy. I don't like paper. So I want everything to be electronic. I want everything to be accessible and multiple devices anywhere I was. Um, and also if I filled out something once it, it's everywhere, I don't want to write something down here or write it down there and write it down there. That's inefficient. That's stupid. Waste of time, waste of money. <clears throat> so my phone system is all cloud-based. My, um, my patient system is all cloud-based, all encrypted. And so I rolled all the calls and all the texts to my phone, to my office number through a ring central okay. app. I use Oryx, uh, patient software, which is great because Oryx is awesome. You pay a monthly service. Um, and they, uh, you know, they do your patient reminders, confirmations all for you. Um, I think it's a great system. Um, again, like going backwards, how I set my practice up is like, I wanted to limit my startup costs. Like I use jazz sensors. So I, you know, $2,000 down to get a sensor and I pay one fifty a month to lease that sensor. Okay. Um, and, but, but then like, so let's say, you know, a sensor costs $10,000 and then usually I pay a thousand dollars or $2,000 every three years for like a five-year warranty. So you're spending so much money and on average, a sensor lasts three to five years. It breaks okay. down on you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, why the hell would I do that? So I'm going to, my jazz sensor over these last 17 months, I had to get it replaced twice because patients have bit through the cord or the USB thing wears out. That's happened twice. And I got two brand new sensors all for my just service. You know what I'm saying? The 150 a month. Exactly. Um, and so like that, that's, that's kind of ways I set my practice up. So anyway, all my calls, texts rolled to my phone. I took them. Um, and, if I, and then also when I had the PPP money, my manager was able to take everything from home. So she, she was never in the office. She was handling everything on the computer through her phone. So she had the app that everything rolled to her phone on the weekdays. And then on the non-weekdays and after it went to my phone. And I told my manager, 
and me, like absolutely here's our plan. Fill up you know, like, you know, Tuesdays. And if we get more than six patients in on Tuesday for emergencies, we'll open up a Monday or Wednesday. And okay. so some weeks we were open Tuesdays alone. Some weeks we were open three days a week. And it was just me and my okay. assistant going in, seeing one to six patients a day, you know, giving 20 minutes apart each patient, limiting the in and out. We doors were locked, that kind of thing. Um, and so, I mean, and we were, since my overhead went way down during the time, right? Less staff pay, less utilization of lab and materials. Um, we were still profitable okay. because we set things up where my staff's getting paid for. I'm not even paying for my staff at this point. It's unemployment and PPP money for right. either one of them. Um, and then, you know, not using a lab as much, not using materials as much. I limited my monthly overhead and then we were still doing, you know, and, and the ability thank God for my GPR and all my experience that I feel comfortable doing molar endo or an extraction or surgery to get people out of pain that kind of thing in exams. So we yeah, still had like emergency we were, care for a while there, right? Only. Exactly. Yeah. And we were like killing it, but like, you know, I was profitable. I, I, I was above my overhead in production each month because of, I was able to do everything myself. Right. Um, so that was really, really helpful. And so that's, again, that's why I, I think it's smart to do a GPR AEGD for at least one year to get your speed up, get your skills up, get your confidence up. Um, and then, Hey, good or bad corporate dentistry, and I, I truly believe every dental student, even if you have a hookup or not, should do a year of GPR EGD and then should work for corporate for a year to learn how to do things, learn things and get faster and how not to do business, basically. <laughs> and yeah, it does, goes a long way. And then go back to where or go wherever you want to start your own thing, venture out, buy in, go back to home, get your experience in. I truly think that's uh, that's going to really get you ahead and make you this like I'm only five years out now of dental school, but I feel like I'm like seven, eight, nine, basically. Um, and I've seen other people try to come and just out of dental school. We had a, uh, a young adult student just graduate come back home here at the practice. I'm still associating at, I'm at two practices. Right now. I own my own, but then I still do. I work at a, another practice. Still one of the three, I'm still there actually twice a month. I do like her, a lot of her implants and surgery okay. for her. Basically I do a lot of stuff for her. And I, I eventually I would love to buy that practice and have these both practices. That'd be awesome. But just the, the dental graduate is just so not confident, so slow, which dental school starts when you graduate, essentially the first two, three years after dental school is when dental school really starts, yeah, you know, and, and the business, dentistry, how times. to do it. Yeah. And we've mm -hmm. heard um, th that extra year is crucial. That's what I keep oh, hearing, yeah. like a repetitive thing. And so, yeah, you might pick up a little bit more debt, but it's really truly an investment. It's not necessarily the debt that's that's the that's the issue. It's the investment of you getting out like real world experience. Yeah, you're gonna maximize what you can make and do, and just how good you feel about yourself. Because we've all felt that as dental dentists, we've all felt that cold sweat. You're working. You're in. Trust me, I've played. I've made many mistakes. I've owned up to them. I fixed them. I corrected. But it's like also you know residency in dental school. Like you're you're gonna make mistakes. You know, and you're gonna feel that cold sweat all the time and just right. in dental school we talked about me and my friends like it's just it's just trying to elongate the periods of time where you feel that next cold sweat where right. in you know third year you felt it freaking every day a couple times a day fourth year it's like once a day and then end the fourth year you felt, you felt it once every couple days you're out in practice it comes back again you're like oh my god you know like da, 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 da. Right. then you try to elongate now like i still feel that every once every once a month once every two months i'm in a situation where something happens you're just like something breaks you're just like ah, dang it and so you, you don't say anything, you don't panic, but like inside you start sweating, 
you get hot <laughs> and every dentist listening to me will, will know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's like, Oh crap. Uh, change, change. We got to change the plan. Now <laughs> we got to tell the patient. And then the, the system knows too. They're like, they look, give you a look. They're like they start grabbing something else, you know, and <laughs> the key is like, you want to get that out early own it. And you want to try to elongate those periods. And I feel like getting through the GPR and corporate gets you out of those cold sweats as often, you know, more, more often, you know, gets you more confidence faster and such. You don't want to make those mistakes on a, you know, if a person's paying good money, see you rather than going to a clinic and paying, you know, a third of the cost, quarter of the cost, you got to give them a fast, good, efficient, long lasting, painless experience or else you're there. They're wasting their money with you, you know? And so to me, that's kind of where we are now. And the cool thing about it, like I said, our best marketing legit is making sure we have an online presence, right. easy to find on Google, getting five-star reviews and people to write reviews. And I, I jokingly say, I don't, I don't press it. There's a sign up front that says, you know, leave us a great review. Here's a $10 gift card from Amazon. Boom. That's, you know, every $10 I give, I've given out probably $400 with the cards now. It's, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. It's come back and, it, you know, it pays for itself. And that too, and, and if someone says something to me about like, We've heard so many comments of like, oh man, the music here is great. Like, oh my God, that was it today? Or that was, that was probably the coolest experience I've had so far in a dental office. Like, we're just cool. We're like, we laugh, we have fun. We take our dentistry seriously, but not ourselves. That's one of our taglines. Um, and like, That's we awesome. have a good time, you know what I'm saying? But we're also efficient and good at what we do. We stand behind what we do. Um, and if someone says something positive about us, I jokingly say, cool. That's so awesome. I can't wait to read your review online. It's going to be so great when you say that. And I, we joke, you know, but it's like, I still say, I'm still asking you to do it, but like, we're joking about it, you know? Right. And then, so now we know this person is a potential one for that because those help big time. And then when like I said, when people come in the door, great patient experience, stand behind what you do, actually give a shit, listen, repeat what they say back to you to show that you actually heard them. Right. Um, and actually care. And so like I said, we started, it was, it's, it was tough, man. That first month or two is like, zero patients, right? You start with zero. It's like staff, staff's family, my friends and family. <laughs> but it was, we needed that first three weeks though of like, um, here's our flow. Here's our new patient flow. Here's our filling flow. Here's our crown flow, our surgery flow. Find all your flows. And then if you have your flows, where could things go wrong in that procedure? And then, okay, here's my flow from that flow. And that's I all things that. I had to think through and just write out, just write them out. Pick your products you need for that to make sure you have them. Because if you don't have the right product for to fix a failure, you can't do that procedure. Like say, if you're doing a root canal, if you don't have bile dentine or something that to fix a fix a perforation, you can't do a root canal. Got you it. know what I'm saying? If you do an extraction and you don't have a surgical hand piece, you don't have the right hammer, the height of rank and a mallet, all these things, you can't do an extraction. If you don't have everything that could fix any potential problem, you can't do the procedure. You know what I'm saying? So I made sure I thought about all those things, had it planned out. Um, and then the first three weeks was crucial in that because we kind of just, it was, it was nice because we had all the time in a day and I had the working capital to pay my staff to be there. We talked through everything. Here's our vibe. Here's our culture. It's one team. This is a not a not my job office. I, I, I said it from day one to my staff. I never want to hear anyone ever say that's not my job. If you say that, we're going to have problems and you're probably not going to work here long <laughs> as everything is everyone's job. My manager cleans the toilets, you know what I'm saying? So it's like right. really awesome. Everyone does everything. We are, we are a community. We're a staff and I take care of them too. And now I'm doing actually salary and profit share with the full-time people now where I give them 10% of the profit. Like I share it between my staff and my hours worked and it's a point system kind of whole thing. But it's like, hey, you're now owners of this practice. So you need to, and they, they love it. They actually are. To take, I, can, I can feel the difference that they have, That's the awesome. ones who are on profit share than the ones who aren't. 
but uh, all that happening. And then, so it was nice. Then the second month we were profitable from month two on. Wow. So it's I think supposed it's be, to be month five or six, seven, it's supposed to be seven two. or eight. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's because it's because of my GPR. It's because of the corporate. It's because of, I had all these skills where I didn't have to refer out everything. I were still referred out things to people that I knew they can do better than me. Molar endo or a big extravagant extraction or a big bone graft or something like that, or, or throw with braces. But like, I know how to do Invisalign. I feel very comfortable with Invisalign. I did a lot of courses. Implants, I have a fellowship at the California Implant Institute. I know how to do implants. So I didn't refer much out in the first few months. I was able to keep a lot of it in-house, which got me, without that, I would not have been profitable until about month okay. six or seven. Without that, I would not have been profitable. That's for sure. Without the extra skill set, right? If you were... Just exactly. a general dentist. I had air quotes up as you get <laughs> yeah, right. you're just a general <laughs> dentist, but there's so much general that you're doing. All right. So so to summarize for the for the listeners today, would you encourage them to at least explore the opportunity in the right market to to build a practice and potentially obviously become an associate, take over ownership of one? But that's more of the traditional route. But to build a practice, would you mm-hmm. encourage them to at least explore it? Of course I would. And the two things is one, first you got to do is invest in yourself. And then two, you got to bet on yourself. If you, if you, if you don't invest in yourself, you can't bet on yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, then maybe you shouldn't do it. You have to believe in yourself and your skills, but you have to have a prerequisite confidence and skills to be able to do it. And so the first step is those first five years, eat up all the continued education you possibly can do the programs. That's going to expand your comfort zone. Uh, as much as possible. And so that once you invest in yourself and you have the skills and the confidence, um, be a people person. If you aren't a people person, make it till you make it. Take courses, talk to people, listen to freaking Tony Robbins, do what you got to do right. to open yourself up to, okay, if it's not natural, okay, fine. These are the three lines I got to say every time. <laughs> this will allow me to connect. Right. Just find what works so for your true. personality. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if it comes hard to you, to find the equation you need. If it's not, if you can flow and be water, I'm kind of more of a fluid liquidy kind of person where it's like, I can kind of flow and feel and kind of go with it, but just recognize who you are and just find what works for you to be able to connect. But I said, first invest, then find the right situation. It needs to be the right situation. If you're going to open up in downtown Chicago, downtown San Francisco, you better be on top of your game and ready to market your butt off. And you're going to be in a knockdown drag out fight for a few years until you get to that thousand patient mark to be feel comfortable and feel good. Um, if not, I'd recommend either going to your parents or, uh, or uncles or aunts practice to make sure they hook you up and invest in you, or don't be afraid of living just outside the city we want to live in or wherever, and then drive another 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes to where you work and your practice is because find that doctor to patient ratio, do your research, get your demographic research. You can ask, you know, you know, you can kind of lead into, banks to help you with that who are going to loan you the money um just kind of get a you know preliminary conversation with them and say okay here's what's the demographics and they they can find these reports very easily um and just basically what's the what's the zip code population what's the median income and then you can do your own freaking dental google search online you know what i'm saying right. so all you need to know is a population look at the dentist and like even where i was there were two dentists at google popped up they're not actually practicing. It is, it's old data. Right. One was an office that's not actually a dentist there. That's in, incorrect. The other one was a dentist who's um, very nice guy, very good, but he's only open like one and a half days a week. He's a prison dentist. He has an office, but he's barely at at all. So it's really mm-hmm. not even there. So essentially it was zero. I got um, 
And so do your research. You can do that research yourself. And so don't be scared. Oh, it's three dental offices, but then go look at them. Go, go to the area, look at it and be like, actually, okay, these aren't really, no, this is different from what I would put in here or this kind of, or that. Um, do that research. And then once, if they, those numbers fall in line, you have a one to 3,000, one to 4,000 plus ratio, you've invested in yourself, then there's a time to bet on yourself and do it. I'd, so, I'd totally say do it at that point. Um, but honestly, first step to be honest with yourself and who you are and your situation. Yeah, understand how you're wired and kind of move from there, leverage people, leverage their knowledge, ask questions and keep researching. I love it. I love yep. it. And then, then just do the right thing and do the best you can every day. It's all you can do. And then let chips follow the man at that point. Right. And listen, I, I'm going to go back and re-listen to this episode because I took about seven <laughs> one-liners, maybe 10 <laughs> that, that I could lead a good life with, man. It's awesome. You, you obviously, you have a great foundation built. Uh, you've worked hard and you deserve the success. And I, I'm curious to see how it continues to progress. And I appreciate, I really do appreciate you sharing your knowledge to Thank you, brother. Uh, the but the thing is, it's not my knowledge. I'm a sponge, man. I read, a, I read a lot of good stuff. I have a lot of great family members, people around me, friends, and I'm not egoic enough to not take what they say and internalize it. I know, like you said, smart people are the ones who internalize the, the good information they get and you know make it their own, but also give credit where credit is due. And so, so it's like, it's, it's, I give just give all the credit to everyone else around me and, uh, just taking in their good stuff. Well, thank you again. Uh, Dr. David Eric Burke, Stag Dental. Is that, is that the name? That's right. Stag Dental. Come <laughs> Stag on. Stag Dental. Come on uh, up there, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you got it, man. We got one, one of my six for trips. You. Waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Eric. And if you guys uh, want to contact him, um, I'll have his bio posted in the show notes. And also uh, we can pump his email in there. If you guys have additional questions, you're a student, you're an associate, you're um, a practice owner who's looking to sell their practice and maybe trying to figure out how do I attract the right candidate like Eric oh, into my you practice. Give, yeah, if you want to give me advice too, shoot, I'll take, you want to count to me and give me advice. I'm still taking advice as well. That, that's, right, <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, Eric. Well, thank you again. And uh, that concludes episode number four. Thank you for listening. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. <laughs>